Greetings and welcome to the OU's Shnayim Mikra. My name is Yitzchak Shalom, and now we're taking a look at the final Aliyah of our parsha, Parashat Lech Lecha, which, begin, which begins towards the beginning of Parak Yud Zion and takes us all the way through the rest of Parak Yud Zion. In Pasuk Zion. A new word appears here. Uh, it appeared back in uh, Pasuk Bet and in Pasuk Dalid, and now it appears with uh, lots of frequency. And uh, the word is Brit. And this helps to define what this entire parsha is about, what this entire parak is about, really. Uh, I am going to fulfill my brit between me and you and with your children for as an uh, everlasting brit. And the consequence of that brit, or the substance of that brit, is to be your God forever. I am going to give you and your seed after you this land of your visiting, this land that you've been traveling in, all of Eretz Canaan, for an eternal possession, and I will be their God. Parenthetically, the relationship between God and the Jewish people, God and Avraham's seed, here is very much associated with and somewhat conditioned on their being in the land. Again, the word Brit shows up. This is the fifth time. You keep my Brit, and we get the sense that the Brit in which God commits to having this relationship with Avraham's seed and to giving Avraham and his seed the land now has the other side of it, which is what Avraham and his children will be committed to. What's the Brit? To circumcise all the males. And you will indeed be circumcised and it will be a sign of a Brit. When a boy is eight years old, he should be circumcised, to lead by it, to be not cast, to be called Ben-Nechar, whether he's born in the household or whether he is purchased, meaning a slave, anybody who comes into the household, um, who even is not of your seed. You should indeed circumcise all of the ones who were born in your house and the ones who were purchased, and my breed will be in your flesh for an eternal breed. Now let's take a look at this word breed that really sort of concludes here. Well, what's interesting is that this is one of two britot that God makes with Avraham, the first, the second one is here. The first one is back in Tetvav. Although in Tetvav, even though the entire setting is one of a Brit, as we discussed in the previous podcast, nonetheless, the word Brit there shows up only once. Here, on the other hand, you have it showing up. Let's take a look together in Pasuk Bet, in Pasuk Dalid, that's twice, um, in Pasuk Zion, uh, twice, that's four times, in Pasuk, um, um, Tet, another time, that's five. In Pasuk Yod, that's six. In Pasuk uh, Yod Aleph, that's seven. Um, in uh, Pasuk Yod Gimel, that's another one, that's eight. And um, 
and in Pasuk Yodalad, another one that's nine. We'll see that that's not the end of the road, really. Just as we saw that Avram's name becomes Avraham, similarly Sarai's name becomes Sarah. However, they really are not the same. In the case of Avram, evidently Avram was really his name, and God says, you will no longer be called Avram, rather Avraham. Here he says something a little different. He says, Sarai, don't you call her Sarai, her real name is Sarah. And this is an interesting point that the Malbim picks up on. He says that her name really wasn't Sarai. Avram used to call her Sarai. She really had a different name. And Hashem said her real name is Sarah. So what was her, what was really, what was her name? So we look back at the last, at the very end of Parshat Noach, when Avram is introduced, and we are told that Avram and Nahor have a third brother, Haran. Haran dies. Haran has a son, Lot, who we know Avram adopts. Haran, we are also told, has a daughter named Milcah, who, oddly enough, Milcah is introduced is Bat Haran Avi Milcah. Milcah is the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah. Vavi Yiska. And this is what's strange. Haran is introduced, uh, Milcah is introduced as the daughter of Haran, the, mother, the father of Milcah. And Nahor marries Milcah. And Evidently, this Yiska is such an important person that Haran, his Yichas is, he's the father of Milka and Yiska. So Milka, we hear about, she's the wife of Nahor, she gives birth to Betuel, the lady gives birth to Rivka, and Lavan, very important people in our history. On the other hand, Yiska disappears. In other words, Haran is introduced as the father of Milka and Yiska. Milka is an important lineage. Yiska, that's the first and last time we hear about her. On the other hand, entering the family with no lineage whatsoever is somebody that we call Sarai. And here we find out, evidently, that it's Avram's name for her, Sarai. So this is what led Chazal to say, Sarai is Yiska. In other words, what happened was, Haran died, and as was the custom, not only in biblical times, but even in rabbinic, in rabbinic period, when a brother died, for the living brothers to adopt his family members, his children, and take them in, in some cases to marry them, uh, was what took place. Nahor married Haran's daughter Milcah. Avram married Haran's daughter Yiska, but he called her Sarai, my princess. And he also took in her brother, his nephew Lot, as a ward, as a member of his family, as somebody that he then called a brother, an Ach, as we saw earlier on in this parsha. So it's a slight, slightly different nuance in the way that Hashem speaks to Avram about his name and about Sarai's name. And he says, Kisarashma, <coughs> indeed her proper name really is Sarah, and she is a really, truly a princess. Uverachti Ota, and this is now the new piece, I'm going to bless her. And she's going to give you a son. Just as Hashem promised Avram at the beginning of this piece, you're going to have kings come from you, she'll have kings come from her who are yours. Famously, Avram falls on his face and he laughs, and we understand this laughter to be one of joy as opposed to cynicism. I'm almost 100, she's almost 90, could he possibly have kids? And Avram turns to God and he says, A son from her, I can't hope for, but at least let Yishmael live. So watch what happens. Sarai indeed is going to have a child. And I'm telling you to call his name Yitzchak, evidently because your first reaction was to be filled with joy. 
There's Brit again two more times. To that the Brit will be through him. And that's a play on words. I have heard you regarding Yishmael. A very interesting take. I've heard you regarding Yishmael. I blessed him. He's going to have lots of kids. He's going to have 12 chieftains. And he's going to be a great nation. And if we see that as an equation, we see that when you have 12 mighty children, then you're considered a great nation. We now understand it happens in Yitzhak's family, but only one generation later when Yaakov has 12. But notice something else. But my Brit, nonetheless, the Vav here, is a Vav Hanigud. But my Brit, I'm going to keep with Yitzchak, that Sarah is going to have with you at this point next year, meaning a year from now. And curiously, or not curiously, the word Brit has shown up 12 times in this piece, perhaps corresponding to the 12 chieftains of whom Ishmael is promised. And then the prophecy is finished. God, as it were, ascends from Avraham. And Avraham took all the males in the household and... Um, and he circumcised them on that very day. Avraham was ninety-nine. was thirteen. Again, using that phrase. And notice the word Brit is gone. Brit is the word that's used in the dialogue between God and Avraham. It's not used in the narrative. The narrative simply describes the act of circumcision and who was circumcised. And to the great praise of Avraham at 99, he does it to himself. He has it Yishmael at 13. Yishmael goes along with it, as is uh, evident here. So this is all very praiseworthy. But you notice that the word Brit here carries a whole significance, seemingly of corresponding to the great nation of Yishmael that's going to have 12 princes. Later we'll have, of course, 12 princes who will then make up Shifteka, the tribes of God, the, tri- the children of Yaakov, and that will be our obedience of our great nation. And that is the, indeed the seeds of the Brit. One last point to ponder, and that is that, as I mentioned, there are two Britot um, that are mentioned in uh, in in uh, Parshat Lech Lecha. There is the Brit, that although the entire setting is one of a Brit, the word Brit is only used once, and that is in the context of what we refer to, it's not called this, but we refer to as Brit Ben Abatarim in Perak Tevav, and then we have this very detailed Brit of the Brit Milah that's given here. And if you look carefully, you will see that both of these Britot involve getting the land, getting Eretz Canaan as an inheritance, but from two very different perspectives. One perspective seems to paint the land as a place of refuge, a place of salvation, a place of, of running away from, a, from an attacking enemy. And the other is as a permanent holding, a place where there's majesty and kingdom. And if you'd like to know more about it, indeed take a look at my book in the chapter about the two Britot in volume one of Between the Lines. In the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful day and a wonderful Shabbat and hopefully will enjoy reading and listening to Parashat Lech Lecha with greater understanding and uh, again kudos to the OU for launching this wonderful project. Shalom.